Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Ireland's Vanishing Triangle. Ireland's Vanishing Triangle refers to the unexplained disappearances of six young women throughout the eastern and midland regions of the Republic of Ireland during the 1990s. However, it has long been suspected that numerous other cases may be linked to the aforementioned six cases. This podcast will consist of 10 episodes. One case will feature per episode covering a period of 16 years between 1987 and 2003. So, if you are interested in unsolved mysteries, true crime, and a little bit of history, then hopefully this podcast will be for you. On this, the ninth episode of the series, I want to begin in the summer of 1998 with the unsolved disappearance of 18-year-old student Deirdre Jacob, originally from County Kildare. Now, just to remind you, of some of the historical events around the summer of 1998. The then American president, Bill Clinton, was summoned to appear before a grand jury that was convened to investigate Clinton's relationship with one Monica Lewinsky. Clinton eventually agreed to testify by video link. Adventurist and balloonist Steve Fawcett narrowly escaped death when his hot air balloon crashed into the South Pacific Ocean 500 miles from Australia. This was Steve Fawcett's fourth attempt at circling the globe non-stop in a hot air balloon. And in Irish news, Offaly beat Kilkenny in the All-Ireland hurling final the county's second Lee McCarthy in five years. Tuesday the 28th of July began as a normal day for Deirdre Jacob. At 10.30am she did some chores and wrote some letters in her parents' bungalow in an area known as Rossbury on the outskirts of the large county Kildare town of Newbridge, some 33 miles southwest of Dublin city. By 12 p.m., Deirdre had finished her chores and rang her mother, who was at work, to tell her what her plans were for the day. Soon after calling her mother, Deirdre left her parents' home and walked to the centre of Newbridge, a roughly two-mile walk that would take 30 minutes. Whilst walking to Newbridge, Deirdre Jacob stopped in to visit her grandmother at her grandmother's sweet shop. It appears Deirdre spent about an hour to an hour and 30 minutes with her grandmother. Just after 2pm, Deirdre 
reached the AIB bank on the main street of Newbridge and deposited some sterling into her bank account. Deirdre had brought the sterling home with her from London where she had completed her first year of college at St Mary's Twickenham. After graduating from college, Deirdre Jacob planned to be a primary school teacher. After leaving the AIB bank, Deirdre walked to a nearby post office, also in the centre of Newbridge. At roughly 2.20pm, Deirdre sent a payment to England to pay for her accommodation for her next year in college, and then left the post office. When Deirdre Jacob left the post office, she briefly spoke to an old school friend and by 2.30pm she decided to walk home to Rosbury just north of Newbridge. Before heading home Deirdre briefly visited her 90 year old grandmother Bridget O'Grady for the second time that Tuesday. After leaving Newbridge Centre Deirdre Jacob began walking along the, along the Barrettstown Road towards Rosbury. Today, the Barrettstown Road is built up with housing developments and there is a footpath. However, back in 1998, the Barrettstown Road was a lot more rural with less houses and no footpath. But it was still a busy road in terms of traffic. Tuesday the 28th of July was a warm clear day with temperatures of 20 degrees Celsius. Due to this fine weather some people who lived along the Barrettstown Road were out and about which led to numerous sightings of Deirdre Jacob walking home. A neighbour of Deirdre's exchanged greetings with her while he was working on his roof, just 300 yards from the Jacobs' home. Another man who drove past the Jacobs' house with his daughter at 3.30pm saw Deirdre crossing the road and walking towards the driveway of her home. Shockingly, this would be the last sighting of 18-year-old Deirdre Jacob. At, rough, at roughly 6pm, Deirdre's mother arrived home from work at the HSE. Bernadette Jacob was surprised to find that the front door to the bungalow was still locked. Mrs. Jacobs was also surprised to find that Deirdre was not at home. They had previously arranged to have dinner at 6pm earlier that day on the telephone. Deirdre's mother was worried almost immediately as Deirdre was punctual and considerate and would have left a message for her mother if she could not make dinner at 6pm. 
Bernadette Jacob began calling Deirdre's friends, but unfortunately nobody had seen or spoken to Deirdre since the afternoon. By 8pm Deirdre's father, Michael Jacob, had returned home. Like Deirdre's mother, he was also at work that day. At this time, Deirdre's parents decided to contact the Gardaí. Deirdre Jacob did not exhibit any signs of someone who wanted to vanish. She had paid for her second year of accommodation in London. She planned to start a part-time job in the HSE in August of 1998. And there was plans for Deirdre's boyfriend, Charlie, to visit Kildare from England. Due to these circumstances, when the Gardaí were contacted by Deirdre's parents, they acted immediately. By 11pm, a full-scale search was launched in the area surrounding the Jacobs' home. Nearby woodland, rivers and fields were searched, but unfortunately there was no sign of Deirdre Jacob. It has been reported that when the press found out about the presumed abduction of Deirdre, a media frenzy descended on Newbridge. This was largely due to the fact that just under three years previously, 21-year-old Jojo Dullard had vanished from the nearby Kildare village of Moon, 15 miles from Rossbury, Newbridge. Rumours, media reports and theories concerning a serial killer were rife, but as of today they remain as they were in 1998, rumours and theories. Media reports also focused on the unsolved murder of 23-year-old Phyllis Murphy. On the 22nd of December 1979, Phyllis Murphy vanished from Newbridge after finishing her Christmas shopping. Phyllis was last seen at a bus stop at 6.30pm across the road from the Key Dean Hotel. Some 28 days later, in January of 1980, Phyllis Murphy's body was found in Ballina Gee on the Hollywood to Glendalough Road in the Dublin and Wicklow Mountains. In a truly heinous crime, Phyllis Murphy was strangled and raped. During 1999, 
DNA advancement led to the arrest of 51-year-old Newbridge native John Creer. Former soldier Creer claimed not to know Phyllis Murphy, but it was subsequently discovered that Phyllis had babysat for Creer. Eventually, his alibi was broken and coupled with the DNA evidence, Creer was convicted and sent to prison in early 2002. Shockingly, today, Creer is a free man, although he remains a suspect in Deirdre Jacobs' abduction and presumed murder. During February of the year 2000, another suspect emerged, one Larry Murphy. On the 11th of of February 2000, Murphy was caught attempting to suffocate a young woman with a plastic bag by two hunters near Kilranlee House in the wilderness of the Dublin and Wicklow Mountains. When the hunters approached the then 35-year-old Murphy, he fled the scene in his Fiat Punto. However, the two hunters actually knew Murphy and were able to identify him. The victim, who had been through a shocking ordeal, was eventually calmed down by the two men and they drove her to Bolton Glass Garda Station, which is based in Murphy's home town. At the Garda Station, the victim told the Gardaí at 8.30pm, Larry Murphy approached her at the car park outside her business in Carlow Town Centre. He hit her in the face. Murphy then bundled the victim into his car and drove her to a remote location near Beaconstown and sexually assaulted her. He then drove to the remote area in the Dublin and the Wicklow Mountains and was interrupted by the two hunters at 10.30pm. Murphy was arrested the next morning, Saturday the 12th of February 2000, at his family's home in Baltonglass, County Wicklow. He was later sentenced to 15 years in prison in May of 2001. But he was shockingly released from prison during August of 2010. Since his release, Murphy has basically been ran out of Ireland by the public and the media. He has lived in various locations throughout Europe, such as Spain, France and the Netherlands. He currently lives in London, where he works as a freelance carpenter and has changed his name by Depol. While Murphy was serving his prison sentence, a fellow inmate of his asked to speak to the guardie. 
the Arbor Hill inmate told Gardy that while drunk on prison hooch, Larry Murphy had posted to him about how he had killed Deirdre Jacob. This individual claims that Murphy told him that he pulled into the roadside near the Jacob's home and showed Deirdre Jacob a map. When she leaned in the window, he assaulted her and dragged her into his vehicle. Murphy supposedly then told the inmate that Deirdre Jacob had struggled so much he had to kill her in his vehicle soon after abducting her and then hid her body. A truly horrendous set of events if true. A person did come forward to Gardaí to report an incident that occurred outside Newbridge on Tuesday the 28th of July 98. This individual claimed to have seen a woman in a highly distressed state in a white van with two men, one of whom the driver had red hair. It is not known what vehicle or vehicles Larry Murphy drove or had access to in July of 1998. When Bridget O'Grady, Deirdre's grandmother, died in late 2009, the shop she owned was cleared out by relatives. Among Mrs. O'Grady's possessions, a piece of paper was found with Larry Murphy's name and phone number on it. Once this information emerged, several media reports emerged stating that Murphy had completed some carpentry work at Mrs. O'Grady's shop. However, this was not the case and was cleared up by Deirdre's mother, Bernadette, when she told the Irish Independent in 2016 that Murphy had never done any work at the sweet shop and the reason her mother had Murphy's details was because he was selling handmade wooden toys to numerous shops in the Kildare area some years before Deirdre Jacob vanished. Due to the fact Deirdre disappeared in 1998, there was plenty of CCTV footage of her in Newbridge on the 28th of July. This footage was examined by Gardaí and there was some people that resembled Larry Murphy spotted, but unfortunately nothing could be confirmed. There was some reports that Murphy was working on a pub in Newbridge the day Deirdre vanished, but again, this could not be confirmed. During 2018, the case was upgraded to a murder investigation, which led to two searches of land. Firstly, land around the leash and Carlo border was searched 
and a second area of land in the Taggart's town area was also searched. But unfortunately, no trace of Deirdre Jacob was found. In late 2021, the Gardaí sent a file to the DPP seeking a prosecution for Larry Murphy in relation to Deirdre Jacobs' murder. However, in 2022, the DPP sent the file back to the Gardaí with concerns raised over the credibility of the evidence provided by Murphy's prison mate. As of today, nobody has ever been charged with the murder of Deirdre Jacob. Deirdre is described as five foot two, slim, with dark shoulder length hair. When last seen, she was wearing blue Nike runners, blue jeans, and a dark Nike top. Deirdre also had a black caterpillar bag with her, which had the letters C A T on it. Most importantly, this podcast and episode is dedicated to Deirdre Jacob. Anyone with information that could help solve this case is urged to contact Kildare Garda Station on 045-527-730. Crime Stoppers on 1800-250-025. Our Garda Confidential on 1800-666-1. Thank you for listening.